the galaxy is full of film, and this is the Galaxy of Film Podcast. Alright, and welcome back to the Brainups of Galaxy of Film. I'm your host, Max. I am, of course, like every other week on this podcast that we've done for 45 weeks now, joined with Buddy? my co-host, Danilo. How have you been for the past week? Dude, I've been actually... Alright. We're coming up almost on a year, though. Which we is gonna are. be fucking nuts, dude. God, woo, this is just like a relationship, dude. Once you make it for the for the first three months, you should be surviving much long after much longer <laughs> probably not that long <laughs> hopefully just hopefully man you know how it is but no i've been doing all right halloween's coming up going to going up to uh, msu college mm. game days up there espn it's gonna be a fucking blast dude and if msu wins i could care less but it'll be nuts that campus you're, you're gonna going see some as a, burning you're going as morbius right from uh from Loki. yeah 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 Mobius, not Morbius. Jesus yeah, Christ! Yeah, come on, I'm not fucking Jared Leto, buddy. Thank God, I'm going with a friend of mine to a party as a Dick in a Box, the Lonely Island skit. Very excited. My man. Very. I fucking love the Lonely Island, dude. Lonely Island's amazing. Dude, I'll do it too, man. Okay, yeah, dude. You could be a uh, Lady Gaga, the three-way video. Golden rule. All right, buddy. Introduce the next guest. Buddy, it's not Gabe's in the three-way. Anyways, introducing no, a long-term no. guest star of ours, who is, I think he said, this episode is his anniversary episode, because now he's in the double digits. None other yes, than our good sir. friend Curtis. How you doing, man? Doing good, man. Doing good. Just got back from a long week of conventions, so uh, good to finally have a relaxing day for once. That's awesome, man. Wasn't Ice Tea at one of your that? conventions you're at? I went to Indianapolis Comic Con for about four days and then on oh, wow. that sunday we drove up to motor city for a day and then we drove back nice. so uh got some stuff signed got some pictures with celebrities i was a big fan of so pretty solid what about some stuff you got signed what anything specific um so in motor city they had elijah wood so i had him sign my blu-ray copy of lord of the rings Ooh. how got much was his with 40 80 bucks oh Dude, I wish I knew that. I would have sent my Back to the Future 2 poster with you. I uh, gotcha. Um, I got a picture with Elijah. I got a picture with... They had a like a three-way cast photo for the boys. So it was Giancarlo Esposito, Anthony Starr, and Aaron Riardi. Ooh, okay, okay. Um, did one with Billy Boyd from Lord of the Rings and then Dante Bosco. That's actually kind of funny. I met Billy Boyd at uh, DC AwesomeCon this year. Nice, yeah. yeah. Billy, Billy was great. Nice guy. It's weird. I didn't expect him to sound like that. <laughs> I know. I didn't either. I was sitting there with my friend Steve, and I was like, oh, you, you just talk like this. This is... Yeah. You weren't really acting. You were just walking around barefoot for three movies. Yep. We're in a fucking cape. <laughs> yeah, Billy Boy's pretty cool. Um, but yeah, great to have you on again, man. It's been since Attack of the Clones, a few episodes back, which, listen sure. to that if you haven't, because that's a great fucking episode. We put a lot of effort into but uh, also introducing for this week, returning again for the second week, JR from West Virginia Uncommonplace. How you doing, man? Doing pretty good. Thank you guys for having me on. Um, it's been pretty awesome. Uh, my schedule freed up a little bit, and you guys were like, hey, you can jump on. Especially this Dune episode. Dune, 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 Dune. 
Um, only thing that I've got going on special is everybody that knows about Sometime Cinema, Evil Did, Evil Did 2, and the greatest movie that's involved with this, Army of Darkness. Evil Dead 2 is phenomenal. I love that movie so much. One of my favorite horror movies of all time, dude. But Okay. Very glad to have you on here, JR. Glad we're able to work it out again if you make a second appearance in a row. But yeah, this week we're discussing not only the new film, but the original 1984 Dune as well. Uh, Daniel, this is your this was your most anticipated movie of the year, correct? This this has been. This has been ever since uh, Blade Runner 2049. When I was able to finish that and when it was announced he was doing this, I'm like, this should be right up his alley. He shouldn't mm. disappoint. Well, here we are covering it. You're welcome. <laughs> exactly right. Yeah, let's go ahead and get into the news for this week, guys. First up, uh, Curtis, I'm excited to hear your thoughts on this. It was revealed this week and confirmed by the actress herself. Hayden Christensen is returning to the role as Anakin Skywalker in the live-action Ahsoka Tano show starring Rosario Dawson. What are your thoughts? Uh, super excited. We finally get to see Hayden back in that role for, God, since, what, 2005? That was mm. his last appearance? Yeah. So I'm really excited about what they do. Um, I'm kind of see- interested to see how they incorporate him. If it's going to be, I'm assuming it's going to be like a lot of flashbacks. Or it's gonna be maybe like there's some some like hologram tapes of him like training some people. It's gonna be Hayden, but no, I'm super excited to have him back. Okay, see, I'm I'm all for a flashback scene. I think flashbacks will get in Kenobi more than anything. Sure. I'm thinking in Ahsoka, we're gonna see Force Ghost Anakin. That that I mean we could yeah that that's a possibility that'd be sweet. That's what I'm aiming at. I'm I'm hoping, dude. Fingers crossed. I'm gonna say it before Danilo injects this podcast of his negativity, because I know how he is about this whole project going on. Um, I hope, hope, hope I get a scene with Hayden as Anakin, Rosario as Ahsoka, meeting Luke with R two there, dude. That'd be so fucking awesome. I would like. Yeah, it. dude. I think we're gonna get that most definitely. Cause they're doing the, they're doing every, they're doing it, they're making it the MCU basically now. Yeah. Someone finally over there had had some brains, and they're like, well, the MCU's doing good. Let's try their formula. Mm-hmm. You know, Rangers, Ahsoka, uh, Boba, and then Mando. Um, shit, was it three? Season three, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah season yeah. three. And then it all apparently is supposed to lead up to something. Is what they're teasing. You know, mm-hmm. some big climactic event like Pulp Fiction. I guess you know they're all all the paths inter intertwine together. I guess the stories intertwine together. But I see more Force Ghosts as well. And I'm almost certain we're going to see Ahsoka meeting Luke. It, like, it's going to be at the very end. Yeah. Um, I'm excited to see Hayden back, though. Yeah. What, Dude, no way, man. In my in the group chat, the Galaxy Film group chat we have, you're like, Jesus fucking Christ when I see you. Well, I don't under- yeah, because I don't understand why he was in it. No, I'm upset that we're getting Ahsoka show. To, to just start off, I'm upset we're getting Ahsoka show. Rosario Dawson is not my Ahsoka, dude. Ashley Eckstein's my Ahsoka. Rosario Dawson blows cock as Ahsoka, in my opinion. <laughs> so I'm not I'm not a fan of the show, uh, that of that. But I am excited to see Hayden back. Like I'm excited to see him back for um, the fucking Kenobi series. And I'll be stays back too. You know, in the Mando, maybe they go see Thrawn or so. I don't fucking know, dude. Who, Who knows? knows? We got because he, he's met, months. dude. He's met Anakin in the book. Oh yeah. So That's it's like maybe we're gonna like. Will they know something? You know. So. That'd be cool. It would be. I would actually be down for it, but 
you know, no one's Star Wars. Probably not. Maybe we'll see uh, Ewan in the Ahsoka show as well. If I... All we need... We, and we talked about this too, Max. All we need is that Utapau arc. We need a flashback of that. Yeah. With Anakin and Obi-Wan talking about Ahsoka. And then, you know, maybe throw another flashback in there with all three of them. Live action. Live action of them? That'd be fucking insane, dude. Yeah, what? Yeah, and Tamir Morrison as Rex. Keep the helmet on. It can get someone else yeah, to playing buddy, this voice. Yeah, buddy. Buddy, the internet would combust. Yeah, dude. Oh my. The gosh. internet would fucking combust. <laughs> Jr., do you have any comments on this piece of news? Um, I think it's great for uh, Star Wars. It'll take a little bit away from the expanded universe that we lost when Star Wars got into this whole Disney bubble. Um, so I mean, I think it's going to be pretty great. Um, one thing I just hope that this all leads up to is something that we can be proud of later on down the road because not every Star Wars project has been great. And uh, the last few projects, I won't name any because I don't want to offend anybody or anything like that. But Name them, bro. Name them. You know what community <laughs> Call you're them talking out. to. Call <laughs> them out. The Mandalorian. I wasn't expecting that one, dude. I was expecting Visions, but... All right, Jr. You the uh, man, bro. You the well, man. And this is this is what I'm gonna say. Visions. They were trying to pay a little homage to uh, George Lucas on that one, but The Mandalorian. Let's sit here and let's be honest. It's just a cash cow. What? Max has to go out of here, Jr. Max has to go to the next topic, bro. <laughs> See, dude, I I bring the positivity tonight, bud. I'm just holding my little fucking Grogu here. He's awesome. <laughs> Why did the fucking hot toys Grogu? Why, 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 why? Did he, why did two of them have to come with the, the Mandalorian? That's stupid. Is <laughs> he just right there? The marketing genius of Disney. Yeah, baby Yoda's all a fucking that, cash that, yeah, grab. Baby, um, baby Yoda is all you think about when you think of the Mandalorian. Nothing. You know else. what? You know what, dude? I'm throwing away my Mobius costume. I'm just gonna go as Baby Yoda. <laughs> just paint myself green. Put on like a fucking cloth, like you know, just bathrobe of some shit. You're small enough, yeah, dude. That's what I'm saying. Like, why the fuck not, dude? Buy some ears or some shit. That'd be awesome. That would actually be kind of lit, dude. That ass. That'd be kind of sick. Moving on to the I, next piece of yeah, news. Yeah. Um, today we got the first poster and trailer for the next Pixar film, Lightyear. Dude, during the investors meeting, which we covered a little bit about in like our first episode, I want to say. Yeah, it was early, early on. Yeah. Um, this movie was announced, and Chris Evans was voicing Buzz. And we were a little bit skeptical of it, if I remember correctly. Um, Toy Story is my favorite, or Toy Story 2 specifically, is my favorite animated movie of all time. Favorite Pixar movie, I'm a big Toy Story fan, and Buzz was my favorite character. I have my childhood Buzz Lightyear figure actually on the shelf over here. Um, it's like, I, I want to be hopeful for this sequel, for this spinoff. Well, for this other project, because it's not a Toy Story spinoff technically. Um, but I wasn't sold until this trailer. This looks pretty cool. Um, it's about the man Buzz Lightyear, not the the figure or the actual Star Command series either. So it's neat. It's interesting. We didn't get to see Zerg, but I'm hoping he looks fucking awesome. Um, Danila, what are your impressions off this trailer? Yeah, I remember we were skeptical about this because we didn't know the story. or we, And we thought it was going to be about, I guess, the action figure maybe. And not the person. Mm-hmm. Trailer looked good though. You know, like their directing looked good on it, dude. It looks like it's top. Like the animation is just blown. It just blowing things out of the water now at this point. You know, mm-hmm. we're getting hairs on people's fucking arms, dude. And animation. 
You know, like that's insane. It looks gorgeous. I'm excited for it. I hope we get Zerg, dude. But there's a part of me that thinks like we might not see that. Because is Zerg just the enemy to like the Buzz Lightyear toy? Or is he like an actual guy? You know? Oh, okay. Yeah, and they like give someone they make someone else a bad guy. So let me ask you this, because you, you never watched the the Star Command cartoon, did you? Yeah, I did, bro. Okay, okay, sweet. So in I think the first or second Toy Story, there's a poster of Star Command, like the the cover art. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah in yeah. the background. Do you think we're gonna get like a, a small reference to the that show as whenever? Because I'm almost certain the end of this movie, we're gonna see Human Buzz hold the toy Buzz. I'm almost certain of it. You know, it'll okay. push a button like, and they'll hear a Tim Allen cameo or something like that. Yeah, like a different voice line. Why not? Do you think, as part of the promotional thing for whatever Buzz, Human Buzz accomplishes, we'll see a clip of that show? So the show is still a in-universe show? Probably. Where Zerg I mean, is made for that? Yeah, yeah, probably. It's up there, Arsenal. You know? Okay. And they might be subtle about it, though, too, you know? Like, maybe it's on in the background somewhere, mm. you know, while they're, like, walking by. You know, it's probably going to be an Easter egg more than anything. Okay. Interesting, interesting thoughts. What about you, JR? This is all I have to say. Pixar's 26th film that will be coming out June 17th. That's that's a big deal right there in its own. You know, being an animation company. Um, Lightyear, I'm going to be honest, like I was amazed. Like the trailer and everything. Mm -hmm. uh, it, it's going to do a different service for Buzz Lightyear. It's going to do a different service. It's going to actually... I don't think that it's going to have too many Toy Story aspects to it. Kind of would fall more in the veins of... Uh, what's a more adult Pixar-type movie? Um, it may be the same type of comedy as Up. Okay. You, you know, like Up, we talk about it, but we kind of put it away later on. So it'll get enough hype, but I think it's going to be one of those things that they put away. It's something that's going to drive sequels and stuff like that. Um, so, I'd say it's going to be very interesting when it comes out. Not too long to wait, so, you know. Interesting, interesting. Um, Curtis, any, any comments? Uh, no, I'm super excited to see it. The animation looks downright fucking phenomenal, honestly. I was really skeptical about it when I first heard about it. Trailer kind of was like, alright, I'm on board. I want to see what they do with it. And it looks like they're doing a lot more, from the snippets we've done, a lot more, like, longer shots of, like, the animation. Hopefully, we get a lot more more like um space kind of related, to where we see them like you know traveling, or at least like, you know orbiting Earth, because they can do like a lot of really good shots based on that. Mm -hmm. So, I don't know. I'm I'm excited. I'm hopefully optimistic. Okay, fair enough. Fair enough. Um, up next, very excited to hear your thoughts, Danilo, formerly known as Kanye West. Yay has been casted in the second season of Amazon's Invincible. What are your thoughts? That'll be sick. I, it's probably going to be some silly cameo. Uh, I don't know if you... Did you watch the show, Max? I did not yet, no. Okay. Well, did anyone watch the show? No. Okay, okay. so you know in the beginning of season one how the like security guards are just talking? Yeah. yeah it's, it's probably going to be something like that. You I know, I don't, th I don't think it's going to be anything too, uh, you know, superb. I don't, don't think he's going to really bring his voice acting skills. If he does, though, that'll be fucking sick, dude. Like that would be fucking sick. Yeah, um, I, I'm excited for it though. It's a great show. Um, 
and it's giving live action treatment too. Interesting. Yeah, I'm I'm down for it, dude. Why not? Yeah. Curtis, any comments since you watched the show? Um, excited to see because I'm a big fan of Invincible. I thought the first season was phenomenal. Um, I don't know what I'm kind of on Danilo Danilo on this one that they're probably just having like a short cameo with him because whenever you're in a booth with him, he's gonna cost a pretty penny. And uh, I don't know. I'm excited to see what they do with him, but more excited for the second season in general than just his part. Okay. It might be a bit of pro bono work. He's a big fan of anime stuff, though, too, you know? True, And I don't true. know if you would call uh, the show anime. I know it's animated. It's Western animation. Yeah, yeah, so I am excited for it, though. Yeah, okay. Yeah, maybe, he, maybe he'll be phenomenal. Who knows? Yeah. Well, today we also we got some set f- – well, not really set photos, some stills – from the upcoming Spider-Man film, No Way Home, featuring Doc Ock attacking Peter, like holding Peter with his um, his arms, crushing his face. I assume this is the end of the Iron Spider suit. Um, who knows? We'll see in two months. But JR, have you seen these stills, and what are your thoughts? Uh, these stills, I have not seen them. I'm looking at them as we speak. Wow. Only the best. <laughs> That's well, crazy. Well, JR looks this up. Tanilo, what are your thoughts? I'm excited for it. Um, I don't think that's Tom Holland, though. I'm still putting my money, and I'm saying that that ain't Tom Holland in that suit. Okay. I don't care. I don't care what what you're telling me. I think Tom Holland's gonna be in that black suit potentially, even if you know, even if that's him in that. And I think we're gonna have the other two in um, Toby's other suits, the red and black one and this Iron Spider one. So, I don't. Who knows? I'm I'm excited for the movie, man. I am, but I am a bit nervous too. So I agree. A lot I of, agree. There's a lot of hype around it, you know. And I haven't we'll read the the article myself. I have, it's on a physical magazine. Did, I haven't seen the stores. Yeah. Did you see the magazine though? The magazine That's, cover. Yes, I did. But what I'm about to say is as well. Apparently, it's confirmed. Working lizard and Sandman. This as well. Yep. That's exactly Whoa. where I was going with that because that was on the cover. Yeah. So. I'm 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 happy to see Sandman back, dude. I loved him in Spider-Man Three. I agree. Totally I really agree. did, dude. I love that origin story. Really good. So yeah, I'm, I'm you really can tell wonder. where the movie was supposed to be built around. Yeah, <laughs> I really wonder because we got you know we're getting this Green Goblin back. We're you know we got Sandman come back, Electro. We've already had Vulture. We've already had Mysterio. We're getting this Doc Ock and everything. And now we know Venom's coming into the MCU with the Spider-Man. Yep. But we know this trilogy's over as well. Well, yeah, we know that, but I'm saying when we yeah. get another trilogy, because, you We're know, there's supposed one. to be three Spider-Man trilogies at one point. Who are we getting then after Venom? Craven? Here's here's mine. Hobgoblin, dude. I think this ends oh. with Ned being Hobgoblin. Because they're okay. having a shit ton of villains. Mm-hmm. You know, I think somehow in the end, throughout the midst of all this, Ned turns into Hobgoblin throughout the movie. And that's how it ends. That's the big setup for... The next phase. Okay. So do you guys think the next phase could be the Sinister Six? You're bringing a lot of villains back. I think it'll be a, a different Sinister Six than what we're expecting. Yeah. For sure. I think the only guaranteed one is, is Vulture and maybe Morbius. Because we know they interact in that movie. Yeah, yeah, But I don't... I don't think we're going to get Mysterio in the Sinister Six if he comes back. Um, I think it'll just be a totally different ball game for Sinister Six. But, uh, JR, any other comments of these stills? 
man, they're amazing. Like I just looked at them um, over here on my iPad. Mm. I'm like, wow. It just kind of, kind of makes you wonder what all else is going to go on in this movie. It's like a lot of hype behind it. This movie cannot fall flat. Um, yeah. That's just like, I guess that's the whole atmosphere. I mean, the whole feeling we all have right now. It's just like, this thing cannot fall flat. If this movie is not spectacular at best. I mean, obviously this is the end of the series with Tom Holland or whatever, but whatever else goes forward, they, you know, Marvel and Sony, this could break up the relationship again. Yeah, because they retitled themselves the, what is it, Sony Spider-Man universe like or that, something? yeah. Yeah, so, Sony's Marvel, who the fuck knows, dude, but, yeah. But, Curtis, any any comments? Uh, super excited. Um, same thing with JR, I hope. There's so much hype behind this movie because we kind of know almost everybody who's in it at this point. So, we wanted to do well. I think that's the first time I think a lot of fans are like, for the love of God, please don't fuck this one up. Mm-hmm. And it's because it's a lot of people coming back to it because it's going to be Toby because we know he's in it. He's yeah, but essentially been confirmed at this point. So all I know is that movie theater when all those people get on screen, it's going to be fucking loud, and I'm oh. super there for it. I think this is I got to see the IMAX. I think man, biggest fan of state. Fuck do. seeing this at the Alamo. Um, yeah, you want to hear some cheering, bud? I'm I'm pumped. You think these? You think it's gonna crash AMC's website again? Oh, you guys don't go to AMC, but you know I Endgame's might go to my old AMC actually. I think tickets for Endgame made it made AMC's website crash. You think this is gonna make it crash again? Yeah, yeah, me yeah, too. Bud. What else is going on that month? <laughs> well, not well. It, yeah, know. and it was the what like most viewed trailer in twenty four hours, which beat Endgame's record. I think this is potentially bigger than Endgame. I think so too. Spider Man's more universally loved. It's easier to get into than a twenty four film time franchise. Movie. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Followed uh, up the numbers. But oh. Speaking of MCU, that brings us to our next piece of news. God. Bill Murray has been cast in Ant Man three. Um not sure who the fuck he's playing. I'm all for it. It's just kinda odd casting. But uh Curtis, any any comments on this? Uh weird choice. I don't know what they're going to do with him. I'm a big... I love Bill Murray in a lot of stuff. Mm-hmm. I don't know what they're going to do with him. I think it's going to be honestly a little bit distracting to see Bill Murray in a MCU movie. Because you're not going to see the characters. You're going to see, oh, it's Bill Murray. Yeah, just like in a zombie. Well, he is Bill Murray in a zombie, but you get what I'm saying. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I got you, Doc. No, but, um, I mean, more Bill Murray is not a bad thing for me. Yeah. Agreed, agreed. Um, Danilo, any any comments? I'm a Bill Murray fan. Um, it will be weird. Uh, maybe he's playing an older version of Paul Rudd when they leap through the Quantumania. So. <laughs> Didn't even think about that. That'd be pretty cool. It's not a bad be, guess, honestly. JR, anything for you? Um, Bill Murray in this movie, he could have played anything else. He could have been the voice of Howard the Duck or something. Um, it really wasn't. There really is no need to have him in the MCU for anything. Um, he's a great actor. Like him in uh, Life Aquatic with Steve Zusa and stuff like that. But the MCU, I just don't have a place for him. I mean, if he was working for Shield or something like that as some kind of weird agent or something for comic relief, yeah. But outside of that, no. I feel you. Um, the last piece of news I have for this evening, guys, is actually the announcement of Dune Two. We're gonna speak about this more tonight, but Danilo. Um, any any comments? 
Dude, the the just the bliss. Just the bliss that ran through me that day when that was finally announced. I was happy. I was so excited, man. I I uh, le- this is all because of legendary. Warner Brothers can eat my dick. This is all because of legendary. They have a 60% stake in this movie financially. Mm-hmm. They're going to make a number 2, you know. They're going to make sure Warner Brothers makes this number 2. And I, I'm pumped for it, dude. I, I'm so ready. I'm so happy they they didn't get cold feet and they like, uh, you know how they did with the, the you know the original one and they made that mess, you know. So I'm I'm happy, man. It'll be nice. Awesome. But it, it's a long ways away. It's a long ways away though. Two years. Oh yeah. Very long ways still, away. Still faster than Stranger Things season four though. It... <sighs> yeah, that's right. I said so it. True. I said it. He's not wrong. <laughs> well, we're going to speak more about this whole Dune 2 thing in a second. I just wanted to hear your thoughts very quickly about it. But uh, let's talk shows this week. Did anybody watch and finish season three of Netflix's You? That's all you, bud. No? Okay. Well, I won't spoil it too much. Spoil Fucking off-the-wall bonkers finale. Um, from my understanding, the third book isn't out yet for you, so this third season was more original than it was based off the books. So I know season four won't be based off the books, more likely. I have, I think season four will be the finale. Um, I don't see how Serious finale. Four, these, I think season four okay, will be okay. it. Yeah. Um, I don't see the way this show ended or the season ended. How they can top that with another season continuing it? Because it gets, it goes from, it goes from a hundred to where the off the wall shit of season three happens. To a thousand of this beginning to season four. Buddy, that's what I like to hear. Tons of potential for this uh, fourth season. I just don't see it going longer than that. So, Dead but a good finale. I think a four season show is like good storytelling. Like if you have four seasons of one show, mm-hmm. I feel like you're going to be pretty successful. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Four is a solid number. It doesn't feel yeah, too yeah. soon. You know, it, it's a good run time. It leaves you wanting more. Yeah. Which is not a bad thing in most cases. Um, but Danilo, did you watch Dope Sick this week? How are you enjoying that show still? B- picked up. It, last week's episode was probably the weakest. This mm-hmm. episode picked right back up, dude. We are seeing everything. We are seeing the family life once again with Michael Keaton's character and how he is now addicted to uh, Oxycontin. We see Richard Sackler building an empire at Purdue Pharma, which is insane, dude. Like, it's just off the wall insane what this company did with oxycon as their drug mm-hmm. um we're seeing more caitlin denver gives a performance to remember in this episode for sure and then obviously we see our two fbi agents and rosario dawson um investigate purdue pharma and they do a pretty good job at that as well and i like their relationship the two um they're like buddy cops kind of you know okay. and rosario's doing her own thing mm-hmm. Rosario's kind of coming off a bit you know a bit stronger and tougher for a woman so People aren't liking that. I actually didn't mind it. I think she does a good job as a DEA agent. And the two buddy cops, I'm like seeing that. You know, I like this. I like the story we have. We're telling a story of Oxycontin. But like I said last week, you know, we're telling the story also of investigating the rise of a big company and like how this is affecting like just communal life in general. You know, I think those that's a great mix of like storytelling right there. So it's working out good. Excited for next next week's episode. I think I'm going to go ahead and start it this week, um, because I just just finished today the finale of Season 2 of Wu-Tang's American Saga. I'm pulling some things together. Might do an LFG on this. I might. Pull it, bud. 
Um, I know Bukhari wants to come on for it. We're trying. Not invited. (laughs) (laughs) I spoke with him today about trying to get a special guest star on. I'm going to pull some strings, hopefully. What a fucking finale. Can't wait for season three. It'll be two years. I already know it. Um, Ends on a high note. If you're a fan of Wu-Tang Clan or any of the solo artists' stuff, check this out. The RZA is, is, is a genius. Um... And this is just a beautifully directed, written finale going on to the release of 36 Chambers. I've absolutely loved it. And I hope, hope season three is about the solo projects. It teases with this uh, this finale. It does tease that. So I'm just hoping it follows through. And like episode by episode, we get each solo album. So who knows? We'll wait to see. But absolutely love the finale of uh, season two of Wu-Tang American Saga. But Danilo, it's also your turn for this week's first stream of the week. This week, I watched Sex, Love, and Other Drugs, starring Jake Gyllenhaal and um, Anne Hathaway. I actually really enjoy this movie. These are just, for some reason, there's just a soft spot in my heart for these just B-rated, like, uh, love love stories. And that's Mm -hmm. what this is. You know, Jake Gyllenhaal is like a pharmaceutical rep selling drugs to people. And Anne Hathaway was a patient in one of these things, and they fall in love. She has Parkinson's, so it's a matter of, you know... Is Jake Gyllenhaal going to stay and deal with her Parkinson's, you know, crippling her? Or is he going to leave and make make his money? But it's a nice movie, dude. Directed by Edward Zwick. Available on Amazon Prime Video if you're interested in watching it. I really enjoyed it. It, it, it. It's a B love story. You know, nothing too special. Has its little laughs here. There's a lot of sex in it, though, man. Like, a lot of sex. Because they start off as friends with benefits and then they evolve into a relationship, you know. How the 21st century century is operating now. Um, so, you know, it's a good, I, I do recommend it. I do recommend it. All you know, right. I had to give one a rating. I would say it's a, a Coruscant, bud. Not, nope, nope, nope. Um, a four, whatever a four is. That's good one. Sick one. Sick one, bud. <laughs> you know, dude, I'm having a brain fart right now, buddy. You know what I mean? It's a Coruscant. <laughs> it's a Coruscant. There we go. Fuck it. <laughs> yeah, fuck it. Watch, watch the movie, guys. Watch the movie. Alright guys, we're going to go ahead and we'll be right back after this quick break. We're going to cut to our rating system in case you're new to the show. When we come back from our break, we're going to discuss both the 1984 and 2021 Dune films. We'll be right back. Oh, hi Mark. The Galaxy of Film rating system is based off planets featured within the Star Wars films. From our highest rating to lowest, here is the order in which we rate these films. Number 5. Coruscant, the entire planet is one big city. Number 4. Bespin, it's pretty far, but I think we can make it. Mining colony? Yeah, Tabana gas mine. Number 3. Like you did by the lake on the boat. Number 2. Set your course for the Hawk system. And lastly, number one. Gotta get back to Jakku. Back to Jakku! Why does everyone want to go back to Jakku? Alright, and we're back from our little break. Let's go ahead and Danilo, break down Dune. But before we begin, we're going to do this a little bit different. We're actually, because this is the first time on the show we've covered a remake in the original in the same episode. So, the recap will be a recap for both movies, basically. Um, For a good portion... It's the same outcome, almost scene for scene. There's a couple character differences here and there, location differences. It's the same thing, but once the 2021 film ends, 
we'll pick up and continue the recap for the 84 film because the 84 film is the entire Dune story in one movie compared to the 2021 film. But Danilo, go ahead and give us the recap of Dune. Yeah, dude. I've been pumped to do this one. So we open up on sand. Lots of fucking sand throughout the entire movie, bud. And we hear Zendaya. She talks about how the Harkonnes is overtaking their planet of, uh, I've seen the movie three times, don't know their planet name, Dune. You know, taking over Dune or whatever. And then they leave one day. And she's a part of this tribe called the Furman and Dune. And so she fights off the people and they just kind of leave, you know, they don't want their spice taken, their sand. And so then we flash forward to the House of Atreides, which is what Timothy Chalamet is, Oscar Isaac, Jason Momoa, uh, um, Josh Brolin, they're all part of it. And they have gifted the Dune planet. So, and they're gifted it to rule, govern, all that thing, some, an emperor. And so they do just that. However, though, Paul's having these visions and dreams with Zendaya's character, uh, Chari? Ch Charty, I think the name is. I know it's actually the C. I don't know what, what it is. Um, Zendaya's character. And so it's a bit weird, you know, so you're like, what the hell? But they're gifted this planet. Um, before they do that, though, Timothy Chalamet has to put his hand in a box and get tested to see if he's a man or if he's some brutal animal. Because people think he could be the messiah um, for this little world, thinking that he's the man, you know? He's the man to lead him away from all this bad stuff. And so he put his hands in the box. He does a good job. Not his dick in the box, like Max's Halloween costume, but <laughs> his hand. Anyway, though, uh, they go back. They go to, uh, fuck, dude. What's the goddamn planet name? They go to Dune. They rule it. Araxis. Uh, uh, yeah, there we go. Thank you, dude. I'm like, fuck, I've seen this three times. How do I not know it? And they're harvesting spice. However, though, it's not going too hot because they were left with awful equipment from the Harkness. Well, the witch is like, hey, listen, just blow them up. Why? Because the Emperor said so, I think. Um, a little bit of weird dialogue going on there. And so the Harkonnets go back in there and they start blowing shit up again, dude. They take over the planet again. All because the Emperor feared the House of Atreides, thinking that they could that they could overtake him. So they kill them all. They kill every single one. They kill Oscar Isaac, Josh Brolin, Jason Momoa, eventually. But they do not kill Rebecca Ferguson's character, Lady, um, what's her name? Lady something? Jessica. Lady Jessica and Paul, Paul Atreides, who is Timothy Chalamet's character. And they're off and like exiled in the desert. And the Harkin think that they died. Um, they absolutely didn't. And they get met up with the Freeman, the Freeman or whatever. And they join them at the end of the movie. Cause Paul's like, my journey leads into the desert. My father came here because he wanted to know your guys' people's ways, your culture, how you guys are warriors, how you guys can stay out here in the desert, and I need to learn that too. And so that's what he does, and that's how the movie ends. That was a pretty quick recap, but in a nutshell, that's how it- Oh, well, he thinks he's a prophet too. He's having these visions all this time still, while he thinks he's gonna bring this holy war to be the king of- I don't know what the space system's called, but the Dune space system. Yeah, so then first movie ends there, and then we have about 40 minutes left of the original Dune. Whew. So the original story continues with Paul then training the Fremen, which is, you know, he, he's not the leader leader, but he's just kind of like an honorary leader. He takes 100 of their men, and then he wants to train these 100 men to then become trainers for the rest of the people. Um, and then after he learns to train these men, 
There is a two-year time jump through this movie. I think there's a second one, if I'm not mistaken. But after this time jump, we get a absolute badass, best scene in the movie scene, where uh, Paul learns to ride and control the giant space worms. The fucking the dune worms. And there's this awesome like electric guitar riff going on, too. The fucking score is great. Or the music is great in this movie. Um, after music about Toto. What'd you say? The music's about Toto. Yeah, dude, it's fucking awesome. <laughs> Same guys that did Africa. Fucking awesome. Um, after he learns to control and ride the worms, he gets the water of life, which gives Paul the power to better control the worms and to control Spice, which is a little odd. Um, it was a cool scene. I'm hoping it's better explained in the sequels for the 2021 film. Um, then during the big final battle for Dune, which is also why I want to say... I believe there's a better time jump, another time jump, because his sister's older. You know, the sister who his mother's pregnant with, that's revealed halfway through this movie. She's like six or seven, I want to say, she looked like. So I want to say there's another time jump, but it's never blatantly said, in my opinion. Um, anyways, Paul's sister kills the Baron, slices his face, and then pulls out like these nipple rings out of him, which end up powering him somehow. Um, it's kind of weird. Yeah, kind of gross. I saw Curtis bob his head. It's like, yeah, those nipple rings. They, they bring back some memories. <laughs> uh, Paul then ends the war by having a final hand-to-hand fight. Don't know the guy's name. It's the uh, the Baron's like right-hand command. It's Dave Bautista plays him in the, in the new one. Don't know his fucking name, though. Paul then becomes the Hand of God. And the movie just kind of ends. Like, it, it just kind of stops. And we get a nice little credit sequence, and that's Dune. That's pretty much it for the the David Lynch entry. But uh, yeah, that that's gonna stop the the recaps right there for Dune. But I'm really interested in hearing some more of what Danilo had to say because I know this is his his most anticipated movie of the year. So Danilo, what are your overall opinions before we go deep into this movie? Overall opinions: This is the best movie I've ever seen in my entire life. This has captured what I've wanted Star Wars to capture in me. I have never been transported into a world like this. I have never wanted to leave my theater seat. I have seen movies for 21 years, and I have never felt the way I felt after this movie ended. I have I just felt like I was there. I felt like I didn't want to leave. It was a spectacle to behold, man. And to be honest with you, I could give a shit less about Star Wars now at this point. This is the franchise that I will stand behind. It was wow. amazing. I was not expecting that much positivity out of you. Jeez, okay. Wow, Curtis, um, overall, because you, know, you didn't get a chance to watch the 84 film. Curtis, you've seen both, correct? I have. Okay, what are your feelings towards 2021 and then 84? Just overall, before we, we do any deep dives, before any ratings. 2021 blows the piss out of 1984's version this it's and we'll we'll get into it more this is a phenomenal movie um if you guys haven't seen it yet i would definitely recommend going seeing it or watching on hbo it's phenomenal there's maybe like literally almost maybe like nothing wrong with this movie at all personally speaking um we'll get into it more but my thoughts on 84 they had ideas that they wanted to do, and I can kind of see what they're going for, but there's it's there's a lot of 
clunky dialogue, a lot of weird shit that Lynch introduced in the movie that really wasn't in the books. And it was like, what the fuck is going on? I remember watching it and recently and then like years ago. I'm, I rewatched it this week. I'm like, what the fuck even happened? I don't remember shit about it. <laughs> Casting was weird. Music is pretty solid. I don't know. It's 84 is not that good. But no, 2021 is a phenomenal movie. I'm I'm in the same boat. Uh, I love 2021. I'll flat out say it. It is in my top list of the year so far. You know, we still got some time to go before end of the year. 84 is is a bit confusing at times. It's not the greatest explaining things, and we'll get more into that obviously. But I'm I'm new to the Dune franchise. The Dune stuff, the lore is all new to me. Had no clue this stuff existed. I was never exposed to it growing up. Ne- yeah, Jerry, look at me like I'm fucking a deer looking at headlights, dude. I've never heard of this until that first teaser for the 2021 one. Just I was always a Star Wars kid, and yeah, I was exposed to Harry Potter and whatnot too. But like this, never Dune never came to my fucking radar one bit. And so I did watch 84 prior to seeing 2021, but it's kind of funny. I had a bunch of friends that came over, same friends that I saw the 2021 with, and we got kind of tired. We watched this pretty late, and we paused it literally where 2021 ends. So it worked out very well for me to, you know, to still walk into this movie having a better understanding of the lore, being able to compare and see the differences in the two films, appreciating the new one so much more. And to still be excited for it. Because I'm, I'm not knowing the outcome yet. So I kind of paused at the perfect time. But overall, 84, I got some very mixed feelings about. But JR, how about you? Alright guys, um, 37 years between these movies. I was born in 1985, a year after the 1984 Dune was made. Um, so here's my take. 2021, I'll talk about that first. It was amazing. It was the same feeling I got and I want to use the Star Wars reference, and I know people clown the Phantom Menace, but the actual experience of actually having a Star Wars movie that was my own um, back when that one came out, that was the same feeling with this. Um, Another movie that comes to mind, uh, Avatar. I know a lot of people want to say that it's not one of the better created movies, but it is, in my opinion, one of the better created movies that's out there. Um, It had that same uh, allure or that, that... you know that luster it had something it's just something about the 2021 uh dune that sets it apart from anything else i've seen since 1999 it made me go to the theater and watch it the way that i always do on a projector like i watched it both ways i don't normally do that i normally just watch it on the projector keep getting up the impact of it uh if you're not familiar with the books would throw you off because it's sort of like falls in the same veins of Lord of the Rings, Harry Potter. It has that kind of novelty to it. So for this film to be so, what's the word I want to use? I don't even know what word I want to use. This, this film is so accessible to people that don't know anything about the books or anything. You can jump into this and become a fan of Dune and not know anything about the books, author or the 84 movie. Mm-hmm. And it's hard, it's hard for something that's going to be a series. It's hard for, you know, movies like this to grip people and bring them in like that. Because sci-fi does not always guarantee you're going to have a, a big audience. You know what I mean? Yeah, it, it is a very limited... Well, not limited, but has a selective audience. Yeah, so that right there, I, I'm just going to say this. 2021 set the standard. The 1984 one, like I said, you put 37 
years in between these movies, it's a technology. It's techn techn uh, technology was different. Um, and like we said, director vision direction was completely different. Um, David Lynch was a visionary to some, to some he wasn't. So the 84 film, we, I won't go into deep detail. I will just say this. It, it can't be used as a reference to the new one because the new one has set a new standard. Mm-hmm. Oh, I thought you had more to say. Okay. I, I, was, I was just going to say you just said the new standard. It's okay. <laughs> I just liked how we had to give each other an awkward look at the same time. But Danilo, um, dude, this is your most anticipated movie of the year. I know it is. I know you're thrilled to talk about this. I want you to take the, the floor from from this this point on. You know, tell us some of the favorite things you had about this movie overall. Honest to God, the politics. The politics, man. I talked about it when we talked about the Phantom Menace. I was the only one. I said, when I was a kid, I rewatched scenes to under try to understand what the politics meant. And I just loved it. Like, I, I like my lightsaber fights. I like my action. I, I don't mind them. But this was just a lot of politic talk. A lot of, it was like a chessboard. It was watching a fascinating game of chess. Mm-hmm. Is how I would describe the politics of this movie. And it was just, it was stellar. It was done in such a beautiful way with the score accompanying it, with just all the lore I was getting used to. Like, I felt like a child while I watched this, man. Like, like this was the Star... This is what I wanted Star Wars to make me feel like. Star Wars didn't never made me feel the way I felt like when I saw Dune. Like, I'm seeing these witches people. I'm seeing houses, and I'm trying to think, like, okay, why are the houses here? We're seeing ships. People fly through ships, you know? That, that ship had an opening, and they're flying through it, it looked like. Like, th- this was just flat-out... It was just nuts. It was just breathtaking. I was at the edge of my seat. I've never was, you know, how you in like recline chairs. I'm never like at the forefront of my seat. I was at the forefront of my seat, man. So I, I just loved every part of it. The score, especially. The score subtle, very subtle, but it does its job effectively. And in a Dolby theater, it was just fucking amazing, dude. It, it blew my expectations out of the water. My bar was set so high for this movie, and it exceeded that. Which is insane. But yeah. Um, Curtis, how about you, man? No, I agree. It's This movie is... I think, as of now, I think other movies have to start comparing themselves to Dune. This, and maybe you guys can agree with me. The direction that the director decided to go with this. A lot of really long... This movie is probably the most beautiful movie ever shot. It's gorgeous. Like, it takes you where you need to be, makes you feel like when you're there, you're there. Like, when you're on when you're on Araxis, you feel the heat, like, coming from the desert. All these, like, long shots of, like, the desert just sweeping. All the background shots when they're outside. It's, they have, like, that, 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 like, heat wave effect going on. Yeah, yeah, I got you. Yeah. Hot. And acting's phenomenal. I was actually very surprised about how much i was really into the politics i'm a big lore person i like lore and a lot of shit okay this was very digestible to a lot of things especially for me um and dune when it came out inspired a lot of like new like sci-fi things to come out like there's this big game have you guys ever played or ever heard of like warhammer Forty Thousand? yeah warhammer is very heavily inspired by dune with there's houses, there's an emperor, there's different planets to do like different political stuff. 
That's a big vibe I got from this. And I think, honestly, this might just be me. I think the person who steals the movie is Skarsgård, who plays the Baron. Mm-hmm. When, even when you compare him to like, the original, who was like a fucking slapstick character who was like really stupid. Skarsgård, I think, steals the fucking show in this role. I heard He's that like, uh, he, he requested to do more scenes nude. Yeah, I can see it. Well, because like the Baron's supposed to be like this big gross character. He's like obviously he's like super fat. Yeah, can't, can't walk around anymore. He has that like levitation thing with him. And whenever he does that, that voice he gives him is like a fucking presence. Like, hey, don't fuck with me. This planet's mine, and if you're here and I'm not, that's a fucking problem for me. Mm. No, Dune. This new movie is fucking phenomenal. <laughs> it's, there's not much to say until we get like the, like the more like you know nitty gritty stuff of it. But no, that's phenomenal. JR, uh, JR touched on a great point about um, the book, how you didn't need to know the book to watch this film. I've taken three friends to see this movie. None of us have read the book. I never read the book by myself. And we all could follow it along perfectly. We, we were confused at parts, you know, so we had to maybe, like, look something up real quick, like, who the hell is the Emperor? Why the Emperor? Things like that. But, you know, like I thought it was easy to follow along, man. Like, I loved... I, I could have put things together. Maybe that is because of Star Wars and their politics, you know, because they have an emperor, they have Jedi, they have Sith, you know, it kind of follows the same thing almost. But yeah, I, I really enjoyed it. Jared, how about you, man? You, you were watching it with your little subwoofer there and your little sound bar. What, <laughs> and I did get to theaters and seen it also. What uh, what'd you make of the sound design on this one? All right, the sound of this is spectacular. No, we all know that I do the projector and I do the sound bar. Uh, Dolby sound in this movie and this movie shooting out into 4k now everybody has their their cinematic experience it was amazing like it, it's the best movie i have shown on this freaking almost 1500 projector um thus far now going into the movie like just I, I'm not going to say that there was anything wrong with this movie because this movie did something that a lot of movies do not do. And that's something that, that hurts movies is character development. You got enough character development to find a character that you liked very fast, follow them. And a lot of the characters did have a quick demise, but the character development played out very uh, fast in, in the movie, but in a method that wasn't like... You know, you know, like so, like horror movies, for instance, sometimes you get a character development that goes real fast. You don't really get to see what's going on. But by the time people started dying in this movie, you knew who this person was. You knew who that person was. You didn't understand why they were dying, but you started to look at other people, uh, maybe a doctor or this type of person. You started looking at them, and then you noticed, like, hey, certain things at the beginning of the movie should have foretold this for me. So when you go back and watch it a second time knowing this stuff and seeing how it's portrayed it's pure genius when it comes to character development and story and like i said before the ease of access that the bill the ability to just jump into this movie with no care in the world about it for some people just the characters not so much zendaya because you only get her for a little bit here and there but yeah. but the allure of who she is you know you start seeing stuff foreshadowed you see some blood here or there but i won't go deep into detail because like you said we're gonna go into that in a minute it was just so much with that storytelling that's what made this movie so great for me um that once again like like i said star wars is tried in, in certain uh attack of the clone type uh movies uh 
to get you engaged and it doesn't always work it feels rushed it feels pressured this movie put no pressure on you it was like here it's a pie at the end of the uh, window you can have a slice yeah don't feel, don't feel guilty yeah yeah i got you on that one max how about you man you uh there's two parts of this movie one on their house of atreides planet wherever that is and they gave us the name of that at one time and <laughs> um uh, arrakis you know, now people are saying the first half's pretty slow until you get to Arrakis, and then it really starts to take off. What did you think of the first half, though, when they're not on Arrakis? The first 40, you know, 25, 30 minutes. Um, I didn't feel like it was slow, honestly. I was uh, comparing that to the 84 film, so I'm glad you bring it up. Because um, the the opening scene where uh, I, I'm bad with the names, I'm going to call them the actors' names more than anything in this, uh, where Oscar Isaac is standing here. Mm-hmm. Um, and he, he's waiting for the the messenger for the emperor. In the '84 film, he's in a room. It's just himself and one other woman, and they, the people, the the emperor's people, he, they sends this massive fish thing in a tank to speak to Oscar Isaac's character in the '84 film, and that's how he lets them know about the whole. Um, the Emperor wants you to take control of Arrakis and whatnot. That's when they're given that 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 quest, I should say. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Compared to this one where he's like has all the military behind him. It's a human giving him this news. So for the first, you know, while they're on this other pl- the House of Trades planet, I wasn't. I didn't think it was slow. I was comparing it more than anything during the experience. Um, All right. So it kept me interested because I'm right off the bat when I see that it's such a different introduction. I'm thinking, oh, is the whole movie like this? Is everything just flipped where we give a, you know, we're getting instead of a, this one really weird and unique character who's kind of a trope at that point during the time period? Are we going to get a different twist on it? And there's some 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 things we do, um, but for the whole Rackus or excuse me, the House of Trade stuff. I was very interested just because of that from a technical standpoint. From a okay. filmmaking standpoint more than a storytelling standpoint. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got you on that one. And also, violence. This movie's rated PG-13. Yeah. Which is very surprising. surprising to me because I feel like the topics they cover and the action that we do see is very close to R. Um, I thought the action was good. I actually didn't mind it. I didn't mind seeing, you know, non. I didn't mind not seeing like blood splatter and everything. The one shot that upsets me though, and it's my only complaint about this movie, is when all the when the House of Atreides clan is rushing with the the Empire's clan and Skarsgård's people, and they're gonna like get, you're just about to clash. An explosion happens, and I'm mm-hmm. like, you know, like I would have liked to see them clash, and I would like to see Josh Brolin's character have died. Um, <laughs> but I, I guess. I guess Denny said no on that one. Curtis, what do you think of the action on this one, man? Do you enjoy it? Did you like how they were they were very, you know, um, not cautious. What's the word? They're very cho- choosing. They're very choosing with their action yeah. sequences. What do you think of that? Um, I don't mind it. I think I one thing I do respect is a lot of action movies nowadays are like a very quick cut kind of stuff. I like how they lingered more on these shots, giving these people like more of like a human feel. Like fights tire you the fuck out. And, like, you see some of these people, like, you see, like, 20 seconds of a fight, and they're already, like, t- super tired. Yeah. And you're like, okay, well, they're going to lose to these guys. I would say I think the best fight is probably the end fight scene with um, Paul and the um, 
that one guy I can't remember his name oh, at the okay. very end. The, the Freeman guy, yeah, 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 the yeah. Furman, yeah, yeah, because they take their time with it. It's decently choreographed. To, no music at all with that scene. You just hear like the grunt and the shifting of sands, which I think is a very good choice for that. The scene with Jason Momoa clearing that hallway with a bunch of guys, I thought was solid. Um, action is not bad. I think it's like overall like, pretty solid. I'm just. They didn't go over the top with it, and they grounded it more in reality, which I appreciate. So I think the action for what we do have is pretty solid. Okay, okay, I, I do as well. I do as well. Um, you, I don't know, Max, did the uh, did the traitor surprise you? The the, the, the doctor when he turned on the Atreides. Um, or was not that really in the, because was that it's very version? It's in the eighty four version. It's okay. <sighs> 84 plays on its on its tropes and stereotypes of filmmaking back then. So even watching that I saw it coming. Um <laughs> to put it put it lightly. So yeah, I wasn't surprised yeah. one bit. Um yeah. <laughs> okay. My bad, dude. I actually was. Um I don't know any of the stuff, so I thought it was pretty cool. I'm like, "Wow, dude, they, my man's turned on him." Fuck, dude. Now everything mm-hmm. just goes to shit. JR, um, there was a lot. This cast is absolutely stellar. You know, the cast alone costs what the film says its budget was, probably. Right. Who is your favorite character out of all of them? Um, I know this is. I've watched the movie twice. The doctor with the blue eyes. Her character. I forgot her name. What was her name? Oh. Man. Oh. Uh, the housekeeper. It, you mean with the blue eyes? N- no, the doctor had like blue eyes. Her eyes went all crazy. Oh god! The, the one that been? wasn't a part of anything, but was a part of everything, and then stomped the ground and the. Yeah, yeah. Oh shit. Well, anyway, her name. Three times. Her, yeah. Okay. Yeah, you got. It. Her name doesn't matter, but her element was, you know, she wasn't about anything with anyone. She was just about whatever we won't know about until probably the next movie. Like that's the only thing that left a question mark with me. And one thing I want to go back to about the combat real quick was yeah. this: the shield that they used. That right there, that type of combat, we've never seen something like that. I mean, you might th- say something in the realm of the Matrix or something, but I'm not even going to say that. The shielding that they had made the defense to the offense uh, kind of not necessarily realistic, but it made it easier when you when you seen kills because you've seen how they went through the shield or how it interacted to help with a kill. And that was something there that really gripped me. Cause like I said, I look at all kinds of aspects when I'm reviewing or, or about to get deep into a movie. And that was one thing that was crisp. It was real fluid. It didn't, I mean, obviously it probably took some time to film that, but it just looked so fluid. The movements and the motion, it looked like if we had that kind of technology in another 20 years, we could, that would be our next army or space force or something, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's funny. You mentioned the shields. I thought it was the coolest thing that you had to go slow to kill someone. Because that's how the blade would go through the shit. You know, when, like you said, with these action movies, like Curtis said, with the action movies as well, you're seeing all the quick cuts. Everyone's just slicing and dicing. But here you have to go slower, actually, to kill them. And I thought that was a really interesting uh, take on all that. Um, Curtis, who was your favorite character out of the entire one, out of the entire cast of just everyone that we saw? Honestly, I I think it's honestly the Baron. To okay. be completely honest, Kill the Baron. All right, I liked his. I don't know the way Skarsgård played him. I think was very solid. He's okay. not. He's like 
he's kind of the essential antagonist if you don't count the Emperor behind it. Because throughout the entire movie, House Atreides is like, we're going here because the Emperor doesn't want us around anymore. He's sending us here to essentially... Because Jason Momoa essentially says, we're getting sent here to die, essentially. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the way the Baron kind of... The politics in the movie is phenomenal. The presence he has, the way he commands his forces, he just has a presence through the movie to where you're like, fuck, if you see him or you're in the same room with him, you're like captivated by what he wants, like what he's doing. And I'm excited to see what they do with him in the second movie. Because now they have Paul starting to fight against how his dad was like super, I'm here for the people. I don't really give a shit about the spice, the prophets. I'm here for the people. And you have this polar opposite where it's, he's just solely in it for the profit. And I think that's a yep. fun way to have Paul go against that, especially that polar opposite of his dad. Yeah, which yeah, I'm yeah. super excited for. One place politics and one place religion. Exactly. And Max, now off to you, man. Who is your favorite character out of the entire star-studded cast here, bud? In 21, I really like Duncan, Jason Moe's character. Um, yeah. Dude, they... It is a hallway scene. Yeah, it is a hallway scene. Yeah, he, yeah. Right before his death, dude, guy takes a fucking, after, you know, the, has a shield on, he takes a fucking knife to the stomach, or a, a sword to the stomach, dude. I want to see fucking Qui-Gon Jinn in Star Wars doing that after getting stabbed by Darth Maul. Jason Momoa, st- or Duncan still gets the fuck up and starts killing bitches, dude. To yeah, the dude. very last breath he takes. He's a he badass. But he was goat. Yeah. The only thing that threw me off with him is that he shaves his beard randomly, and he looks weird clean-shaven. Yep. Yeah. Never seen that before. Um, but in the 84 film, I think I liked Paul's mother better in that one. She's one of the f- few characters I actually did not care for too much in the 2021 film. So, um, without making Paul the obvious choice of a favor, I'd say his mother for 84 and Duncan for 21. Okay. I liked, um, I love Paul. Obviously, that's the easy choice. But mm. I also loved Oscar Isaac, dude. I thought some of the dialogue he had in this was phenomenal. When he talks to his son about, you know, how leaders don't seek to lead, they're chosen and they have to answer a call. I thought that dialogue was just perfect. I'm, I'm like, like, that's a quote right there. You know, that's a quote. Like, if you're a teacher, you're going to slap that shit up on a poster or something and be like, look at. Look at my man Oscar Isaac, you know. But I thought that was all cool. I thought the way he delivered the dialogue was great. When he's screaming, saying, you know, we are the house of Atreides. You know, there's no call we do not answer. I'm like, let's fucking go, baby. Like, I'm getting ready to rally with this guy. You know. <laughs> um, I guess now it's just overall thoughts and our rating system. We covered almost, we covered everything. Cinematography, directing, acting. Well, JR has one more thing. What up, JR? And I think Max is too. All right. 1984 and uh, 2021, both of them had two actors. One was Thanos, one was John Luke Picard, both playing the same character. The, that that kind of homage that they paid to the character, because I didn't do the correlation, I just thought about it. Josh Brolin on one end, and then Patrick Stewart mm-hmm. playing the same exact character. That right there is another thing. Like, so for anyone that's seen the '84 to this year's, uh, that's kind of crazy to have that kind of star power in that same role. Even though that role's a very minor role, as the trainer, you know, or whatever he was doing, um, still cool. So I will say this: for the 1984 movie, it made us John Luke Picard 
We didn't have him before that. That's a, that's a yeah, it's interesting, man. Yeah, I didn't think about that. I'm not a big Star Trek person, so like it's over my head. Like yeah, it went over mine, dude. I, I don't know. That's Star that's Trek, neat. Unfortunately, yeah, they foreshadowed Star Trek: The Next Generation basically with that character. Oh hmm. wow! Yeah, so some dude would just like a cheap cop out, like, oh, let's get this dude. And now we've got a new Star Trek. <laughs> Before we get to the rating system stuff, Daniel, um, Curtis, I want to ask you first: How do you? Like the sec or like the last forty minutes of the eighty four film, where it's the other books. I assume because I, I have not read the books. I don't know where they end and whatnot. Um, mm-hmm. But for the sake of it, we'll call it book two. Okay, sure. where the part two of the new one will take place, where Paul controls the worm and ends the war. All the how do you feel how it's done in eighty four? Um. I think honestly, what you said earlier—the best scene in that is when Paul is learning how to is controlling the sandworm. Mm-hmm. Easy, the best scene. Um, I th- honestly think if they dived into more like the whys of a lot of stuff, because they just essentially show like Paul doing, Paul's doing this, Paul's doing that, Paul's doing this, Paul's doing that, and they introduce like some like other characters in it that don't really make a lot of sense for like the last cramming the last forty minutes. It. Honestly, it could have been worse, could have been better, but I think the way they did it was, I would say not great, but not terrible either. Okay. And I'm more excited to see what they do with a full movie now compared to like 40 minutes of a scene. Yeah, the whole, it just feels rushed. That time jump is the exactly. biggest frustration, and I think the overall downfall of 84. Because it's a two, they say two years, but that girl... Is no, no way in hell. Yeah. She's much older, and from what I remember, it's not addressed, other than the two years. Um, but the biggest, best scene is the worm, in my opinion. The the yep. writing for sure, and that Toto, that that, that guitar riff's great. It's fucking awesome, dude. It sounds good. I I love the Hans Zimmer score, but something about this Toto stuff is awesome for sure. But uh, Jr., how about you? Are you satisfied? Do you have any comments of the '84? Just that that third act, I should say. Yeah, at the end there, uh, that was kind of like a waste of time. Knowing the books and knowing everything that goes on, um, it was kind of like why rush that? There should have been more movies made in the span of thirty-seven years <laughs> to kind of tie in things. And obviously, we'll never know why there wasn't any other movies made. But I think that that was that forty minutes was a waste of anybody's time and their life, basically. Mm. Strong words, Jr. Strong words. <laughs> there's a reason why there's a documentary on it. On okay. What happened with? The- oh, I thought you watched it. <laughs> no, but there is a there is a reason why for anyone out there. I don't know what the title is. I know some guy at work tells me about it all the time though. He tells tells me I should watch eighty four and then watch that documentary about what the fuck happened with that movie because I heard like something happened. Like it was supposed to be the movie. And then the 40 minutes got added on or something like that. Because they needed to just wrap up the story because they were like, we're not making any more. You know? So you it was the title of the documentary? I do not. I can ask the guy, though. Get back with you. Maybe, and maybe it's we'll called it Destination out. Dune. Yeah. How long is like, the documentary, Curtis? Hmm? How long is it? It is. Uh, let me take a look here. Boop, boop, boop. Like, Lynch rips it a new one. He's ripping the studio a new one. He's not ripping, you know, the source material. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he 
fucking destroys it. It's maybe maybe it's like an hour. I want to see about an hour. Huh? I might go ahead yeah. and watch that. It sounds interesting, actually. Yeah. Yeah, like student, you know, student. That's why I was once again afraid this wasn't ever going to get Dune Two was never going to be confirmed if it didn't make money. That is, you know, that kind of reminds me of that documentary of the the Nick Cage Superman film that was yep. canceled almost. We talked about it last week briefly, didn't we? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah or two I, episodes ago or something. Something like that. I want to check it out actually. Both of them. That'd be pretty cool. Maybe we'll do an LFG on that sometime. I don't know. Who fucking knows? We we don't even know when we do our own LFG, buddy. You yeah. throw it up there, we get the we get the listens. At this fucking rate, yeah. <laughs> but I guess overall thoughts now. Yeah, go Max. ahead, Daniel. Oh, I'm going first? Alright, man. Just straight just a straight fucking Death Star, dude. Best movie I ever saw in my twenty one years of life. I love the politics of it. I love the world building. I love the religion in it. And I love the culture. There's no guns. You know, they're using books. They're not using computers. I guess the video textbook. Like, with the holograms, I guess that's, like, the most modern-day technology for learning. Like, that just fascinates me. We're in the year, what, like, 100-something? 100,000-something? 10,191. Yeah, and you're telling me we can't get a book or something? <laughs> okay. Um, you know, like, like, why are we still using books? I, I thought it was just great, dude. Like, And, like, to earn a gun, I guess you had to, like, do something, as as the Freeman were saying, you know? Because he had the pistol... And he's like, you know, you don't you don't earn that. You don't earn that. So I thought that was great. Just, just politics, man, religion. It was just beautiful. Down to the score. Beautiful. Bagpipes, bro. When the fuck would I ever think bagpipes were sick? That shit was, like, equally to, like, off the grid, bud. <laughs> anyway, though. Curtis, what's your overall rating, man? Final comments, final thoughts? Uh, so for me, this is a solid on my dude. It's so good. Down to cinematography, phenomenal audio design. Much better characters, much more of a big diverse cast of characters. A lot easier to digest and understand how things are working out. Um, yeah, super excited to see part two. Uh, Dune twenty twenty one is a solid curse on for me. I think it's the best movie I've seen all year, to be honest. I love to hear it. I love to fucking hear it. What is your your rating of the eighty four film, Curtis? Oh, 80, maybe like a half. Maybe it's probably safe because of the dune scene, because of the sandworm scene. To be completely honest, yeah, yeah, like, that scene's really dope. So that's probably the one point. Other than that, there's really no reason to go watch it unless you want to compare the two films. Hmm. So yeah, eighty four is like a solid half for me. I'm I'm actually right with you, Curtis. Twenty twenty one. You know, absolute Coruscant, it's in my top ten. It's not my favorite of the year. We'll go over those at the end of the year. It's not my favorite of the year. It's in my top It's in my top list. Quick me that fucking look, dude. But all oh, you guys. Jesus fucking Christ, JR. Oh, Christ, dude. <laughs> <laughs> They're snapping your neck and shit, man. I wish people could see that. <laughs> maybe but, they um, will in the maybe they will in the future, buddy. Oh boy. <laughs> Anyways, buddy. um, I, I love Maybe 2021. I had a great time seeing us in theaters. But man, 84 is definitely a Hoth. For sure. Um, there's just some things... <sighs> this movie tries. And I will applaud it all day long for that. It just doesn't stick the landing very well. With the source material... you know, There's a lot of narrating in it. I've seen like certain excerpts. There's a lot of character development just within Inner Thoughts. 84 or 21? In 80, no, I'm thinking of the books. Oh, okay, okay, okay. In 84, tries to mimic that. 
So yep. Paul's constantly narrating 84. Constantly. And in 21, they do it in one scene. And I couldn't even... I think it was the the scene after the little assassin dart drone. It was it, it was weird. It was only one time, which I thought was odd because if you're going to go all the, if you're going to do this, go all the way, which I can respect 84 for doing, but it just doesn't stick to landing. I don't understand the purpose of doing it in 21. That's just a nitpick of that film though. Um, yeah, the soundtrack's great in 84. The, the worm writing scene's pretty cool. I think the main reason to watch this, if you're not a Dune fan, like you're just a fan of movies and the movies in that time period, if you like the aesthetic of Blade Runner, I'd even say, just that kind of like physical sci-fi props going on in environments, maybe some Fifth Elements inspiration to involve too, check it out. Jared, what does that look for? Do you not like my... Comp- <laughs> Dude, I can't believe you just compared it to Blade Runner, buddy. I'm saying if you like that kind the of... The disrespect. The disrespect. And it's not even his top movie of the year, too, the 21 version. It's not, Jesus dude. We, you and I, will, we were doing a top 10 episode at the end of yeah, the year. Yeah, no, no, I'm, I'm just giving you a hard time, buddy. I know. But I'm saying if you enjoy, you know, 80 sci-fi films such as those, if you enjoy the physical um, props going into it, you know, the love going into a set like the Blade Runner film... Uh, like Fifth Element, I think you'd enjoy this technically at least. But in reality, I think I can better compare it to Super Mario Brothers compared to Blade Runner. Jesus, okay, Jr. How about you, man? <laughs> Overall rating, final thoughts. All right, twenty twenty Coruscant all day long. Um, nineteen eighty four. I want to talk about real quick. Nineteen eighty four, a year before that, Return of the Jedi came out. Okay, we're gonna do a little Star Wars thing real quick. These books were released in the 1960s. Nine times out of ten, George Lucas read these books. That's where we get certain scenes in Empire Strikes Back. Return of the Jedi, obviously. So there's some similarities between both franchises. Obviously, George Lucas was better at marketing. Uh, It has been said that David Lynch did not read the book at all. He just signed on and did the movie. Because you can have someone just holler at you and tell you certain aspects of a movie and how you want it. And I think that the author, uh, Mr. Herbert, probably told him a little bit or had advisors tell him about it. The Dune in 1984 pays no homage to the books in a great narrative. That's why that movie's disqualified. That's why that movie... You could omit it from your life. If you want to see star-studded casts, which some of these actors went on to be in Twin Peaks, some went on to Star Trek, some went on to be a famous singer. Well, they were a famous singer named Sting. Um, It's only there for the novelty if you want to see certain people that are famous now that weren't that famous then. Um, As far as comparing it to Blade Runner... I could never, never let you do that, man. I'm not saying from a story point of view or anything like that, dude. I'm talking about from physical set design. Wow. No. Jesus, buddy. Blade Runner. Blade Runner is... It should be in the Hall of Fame. This movie should be a movie that inspires people on an amateur level 
to strive to make a better film in this time and day and age. That's all I'm saying about that, Max. Okay, okay, but- JR. Okay. <laughs> all I'm excited for is part two. I get to see the Holy War play out. So, fire up chips, as they say, if you go to Central Michigan University. And hopefully it'll be spectacular. Buddy, I'm going to combust. <laughs> Max Studio Outro, man. This is your time to shine. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Yeah, edit, Christ, that, edit that out, bud. <laughs> no. Oh, well, I, okay, dude. I guess that wraps up for this week. Um, glad we got to do a double feature at the very least. You know, we've been talking about doing this stuff for quite a while, actually. Curtis, dude, you know, you're always welcome back on. I, I say this for nine other fucking episodes. Where can our listeners find you? I'm glad you're able to make it on this week, buddy. Yeah, no problem. Thanks for having me on, as always. Um, people can find me over at Twitch at twitch.tv slash batchshack75. I play a lot of different games on there right now. Um, and right now we're climbing the ladder in Magic Arena. So if you want to stop by, you know, give a follow, just hang out in the chat, you know, more than welcome to have you. Mm-hmm. Um, we're not going to have anything super big in these next couple months. Probably like a lot of, like, you know, more indie stuff coming out up until, I want to say, early next year when god of war comes out there'll probably be a big playthrough going on so yeah okay you got a war I'm... curtis you're gonna hate me for this you're dude, gonna hate me dude dude watch, watch what you say bud you've already said this wasn't the number one movie you compared 84 to blade runner <laughs> what just just watch just let's i did not man. play yes. god of war 2018 jesus mm. christ dude mm. Just kidding. I don't even know. I don't even own PlayStation, so. Interesting. I didn't. And you know what's even worse, Curtis? Not only do I own it physically on PS4, I also have it downloaded on my PS5 right now, so I've played it. So then, what are you doing? (laughs) Go play it. (laughs) So good. Uh, Currently playing through Assassin's Creed Valhalla. (laughs) Buddy, go back to playing Halo. What are you doing? Play a better Nordic game. Take out of war. Assassin's Creed Valhalla is good, dude. I love it. I got like 30 hours into it so far. It's fun. It's fun. Anyways, dude. Anyways, we'll we'll rant about games another time. JR, I'm glad you're able to come on again, dude. You're always welcome to come on for future episodes. It was great getting you on for two weeks in a row also, dude. But um, sir. Where can our listeners find you? Uh, you can find me over on uh, Instagram at WV Uncommonplace. Uh, I stream on about like 14 different platforms. One thing I do need to add in here is this has been a bad day for Max. It started out with um, the Warriors. It went across to the Twilight Zone movie. And then these comments that are coming out of his mouth at the very end of the show. So guys, I, I really just want to take a moment and say that this has not been Max's day. You're a great guy, good friend of mine. But I don't know what happened with you today, so I'm going to just leave you alone at that. And uh, once again, thank you guys for having me on here. Um, everybody else, remember check out uh, Sometime Cinema, uh, Evil Dead, Evil Dead 2, Army of Darkness, the greatest uh, movie in that uh, arena. And uh, that's about it. Once the um, the Evil or the or excuse me, the Army of Darkness 4K comes out, we should do a we should do a trilogy episode. That'd be cool. Oh, that would be, be awesome. Give me an excuse to watch it finally, dude. Yeah, I've been waiting <laughs> to watch Army of Darkness for the 4K, actually. Because that shout because I'm a physical media person. The the shout factory Army of Darkness is so expensive. You know, I don't want to spend 60, 70 bucks on a standard Blu-ray. You know, so I've just been waiting because for the past year they've been like, oh yeah, we're gonna have that 4K, 4K. 
still hasn't come out yet, but I have the first one in 4K. absolutely love the sequel. I rewatched that about two or three weeks ago, actually. Um, I'd be fucking down, dude. That'd be cool. <laughs> Sam Raimi's a great director. A lot of love one of those, too, actually. Especially that first one. Mm-hmm. But that's going to wrap it up for this week, guys. Thanks so much for listening. Um, if you like the show, please consider following us on Spotify and leaving a review on Apple Podcasts. It truly does help out the show quite a bit. You can go ahead and follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Galaxy of Film. Thanks so much for listening, and we'll talk to you guys next week when we discuss Last Night in Soho. Alright, bye guys. If you're from Arizona or California, try uh, Travis Scott's weed. <laughs> <laughs>